Yo, 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 what is up, what is up, YouTube Boxing Family, it is I, K-Rod here, I'm back at it with another great video for you guys today, um, yeah, let's get right into it, man, we have a lot of great topics to talk about, and um, I have a lot to cook on, uh, I will be having, uh, you know, Mr. D-Hive come through, you know, um, we're gonna chop it up on some good boxing talk, um, Kind of hated that streamer limits me on my streaming hours, so um, my backup will be using OBS, and then I'm probably going to use uh, I don't know, like I want to like I want to use Google Hangouts, but I don't think I could do that anymore because like you can't like invite people to your Hangout, but if you can do that, um, I could actually probably do it because. On Google Hangouts, I think you could do video calls, but I think that's probably going to be like my go-to um, situation because it's like I have like no other means to like make things easier, but that's probably going to be like my go-to thing because unless I do have like a call, you know, type of situation, I mean, I could just call through, you know, Instagram, but you know, that's kind of like a little bit difficult to do, but either way, um, I guess I'll figure that out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find something that, you know, that could be, uh, you know, a lot better. Oh, also Google chat too. Yeah. That, that might be better too, but, um, you could actually find and start a chat. You could do a group. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more interesting because you could do like a group conversation, but I don't think you could voice call somebody. That's the problem. Um, that's going to be like the biggest issue. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably just going to have to do it through maybe Discord or I'll probably say, uh, I don't know. I think Discord would be like the better route. Or I could probably do it just through, you know, through Instagram, you know, how to, like, I could start up like a call. Hold on. How to add people to Instagram call. To Instagram call. Instagram call. Oh, all right. Yeah. So you can do it something like this. But the problem is, is that I would have to, like actually like i don't know that's going to be pretty difficult to do that on the desktop because like if you want to start a call then the problem is, is that you would have to like try to set it up you know virtually on the call i mean it shouldn't even be that difficult honestly but uh i don't know that's that's probably something that i'm going to uh have to figure out on my own and then hopefully things can be a lot better. But, um, like, you know, things can definitely fix up a little bit easier. But I'm probably going to have to just do it through, I don't know, maybe like, a, you know, maybe, you know, if I look up like a desktop calling app, that might work. Yeah, there's Google Voice. Yeah, Google Voice. Okay, yeah, Google Voice. And then I can do it just like that. And then, you know, people could just call in. Yeah, I could do maybe like a call-in number, but that's a little bit too annoying to do. 
So I don't know what I'm going to probably do. I'm probably going to have to set it up through. I don't know. That's going to be a little bit difficult for, for, uh, for me to get stuff done. But yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try to, you know, get that, you know, situated because I can, I can do it. It's just that I would, you know, I would need to like either set it up through the desktop where like if, if somebody calls up the number, um, that would be like the better route to do because I do have like a Google voice number, but um, that's going to be like the problem because even if I do call it, um, the people that do call in would have to be like the people that, you know, that are like actually, you know, actual people that do want to talk boxing, but that's only used as like a backup in case like, you know, like my streaming hours is like, like my streaming limit is uh, taken up for StreamYard because like I know StreamYard, it's like what, 20 bucks like a month to, to use that shit. So I don't know. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to find something different, like a stream uh like like something similar to StreamYard that I could do. StreamYard alternative StreamYard to YouTube um alternative uh app. Yeah, or website. Yeah, website. Yeah, because I would like to make it easier on me so I don't need to like you know you know make it harder on me. But uh, I just don't like how StreamYard's like the only thing that you could use. I mean, I could do Zoom too. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom would be actually a lot easier. Yeah, because I could actually do it just like this. Like I could set it up through Zoom. Yeah, that would actually be a lot better. Now that I think about it, but um, yeah, that's gonna be um pretty interesting because I need to try to see what I could do with that because if I can then by all means I'll do it and uh, hopefully we can get that uh, situated but um yeah right now uh, you know I'm just uh, waiting on a uh, dive to come through and uh, you know we'll chop it up on boxing um, yeah hold on let me uh, restart like my computer I'll just uh, basically you know come like you know, restart it, and then I'll come right back into the to the thing. So I'll just join it through like my phone, and then you know, once I get back in, I'll be able to do what I want to do. So I'm I'll gonna, just join it through. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I'm gonna put like the link in the chat, and then I'll do it just like that. Cool. So got the link right there. That's already pinned. Is it pinned? should it should be pinned but yeah i got i got it pinned yeah like it has to be but i'm gonna do it just like that i'm gonna restart it and then i'll come right back in so good so uh give me a second
Computer might be important spreadsheets. All right, yep, I'm back. So yeah, sorry about that. Um, I was just trying to get things set up through the through the stream, but um, yeah. Uh, you know, like I'm gonna, you know, get the get to talking boxing real soon. Wow. Um, I just wanted to like, you know, experiment something just to make sure that everything was, uh, you know, put in properly, and uh, hopefully that can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw that. Screw that. So, all right, I'm definitely not doing that again. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. Like I'm just. I'm just gonna wait up on uh do you have to come in? Then we'll do it just like that. Um, you know what? I actually wanna definitely experiment Zoom because Zoom cause Zoom would definitely be like my go to calling calling um operation to just come in and then just make it simple, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. But I'm gonna like I'm gonna try it out one of these days. I would I would set up like a Skype phone call you know, situation, but, you know, I think, I think Skype would be, you know, like the better route that I would like to do, but, you know, I'd rather make things free to, to just make it easier on me. Like, I don't want to be paying for, for things that I don't need. So that's not really something that I need. Uh, but yeah, either way, uh, I'm just going to wait up on Dehive. Um, I'm going to play some music. You know, for uh, anybody that wants to listen to some good music. And, uh, yeah, man, we will just uh, keep it. Alright, sweet. Uh, no. Pigeon Mike Tyson, you are no longer here. Leave me alone. Alright, there we go. Yo, what's up? Hey, what's up, dude? How's it going? Yeah. Um, your voice is uh, low. It is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I hear it now better. Like, it was, like, a little bit low. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. That's all good. Um, yeah, like, I got a bunch of topics to talk about. Um, I was going to get right to it with, like, the whole, um, you know, uh, like like uh, Lomachenko comment that he made uh, towards uh, Devin Haney, saying that he's heavy like a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's just the it's, it's, it's the it's the usual you know it's the usual nonsense. Uh, oh, ha- has your show already started? Yeah, it's already started. Wait, hold on. Let me uh, make sure that this person is not like a troll. Because oh, I was gonna say Artman is also live at the same time. I don't know if like like you guys y'all scheduled. Oh no 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 no! Like I don't I don't, like like I didn't realize that he was going live. Okay, yeah. yes. but um, but yeah no. Uh, I mean, like, what you expect? What you expect? One week, one week, Devin Haney is a skeleton. The next week, he's a heavyweight. It is what it is. Longchamp never wanted to fight this dude. 
He never wanted to fight him. He never planned to fight him. He probably was praying to God he would get the Cambosis fight before Haney, and it didn't work out. It just, it just didn't work out. So now he's got to go in here and, you know, do his best. But this is last rock before he's officially a gatekeeper. It is what it is. So now who do you think is Devin going to face now? Probably Roman. I mean, shit, unless Bob does a little switcheroo and decides to push it forward, man, which I, I would actually prefer that. I mean, to, like, to keep it real, to, to keep it 100, my ideal scenario would be Lomachenko fight Shakur and Keyshawn fight Devin. That would be my ideal Yeah, situation. I was. Yeah, that would be my ideal situation. I think I think that's a good fight. Right. Listen, <laughs> that's, listen that's not going to happen. Uh, it'll probably be Lomachenko for, you know, whatever, whatever, unless unless Bob really has no faith in Loma and decides to put Shakur in there. But I don't care. I think they, I think they both lose to Haney, so I'm not really tripping on them. Yeah, I think I think um, I think Loma would get dog walked by Devin, and um, I think uh, you know Shakur, like you know Shakur versus Devin will be like the biggest fight in boxing or one of the biggest fights. But I think Devin will outpoint Shakur. But if he hurts Shakur, it's not going to be by much. I think it's going to be like a flash knockdown type of punch where Shakur is not going to see it coming, and Devin Devin's going to figure him out real quickly. But the biggest problem that I have is uh, Devin, Devin needs to start um, getting more defensively responsible against uh, technical southpaws. And uh, I think, um, you know, the perfect opponent for Devin would be Frank Martin because that's a great style matchup. But have him, have him be more edu- like, you know, educated with his flaws against southpaws. And, you know, those fights with Loma, Gervonta Tank Davis, and Shakur Stevenson those fights will be a lot more match, you know, on an even level playing field. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely an aggressive style that he has to face. I mean, I don't see, well, I mean, I don't see anybody from that side coming over for Devin Haney, but after this is over with, sure. You know, definitely at 140. I mean, Gary Antoine Russell is kind of like a better version of, um, a better version of, uh, of 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 Frank Martin, with all due respect. So that should be interesting. Wow, <laughs> Frank Martin next to Gary Antoine Russell. I mean, Gary Gary Antoine Russell, at least in his, uh, at least based on what he's shown as far as opponents go. I mean, his best win is Postal. Then he stopped Bartolome as well. So yeah, I would say he's a better version currently, unless Frank Martin chose something different. Yeah. I just never thought of it to be like that because I because I was thinking him and Frank are like two different fighters, but yeah, I guess they're aggressive southpaws that throw a lot of punches. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's only there's only so much variety you could be getting. I mean, uh, I think Frank Martin is probably when it comes to boxing is probably a little bit better, and Gary Antoine Russell, you know, a little bit better when it comes to brawling. But you know, yeah, Antoine, he um, he's a good brawler, but you know what I fear is just like the defensive lapses that he gets into where he tries to go for broke you know to try to go for that big shot but you know like you know when he gets hit with something heavy then that's just going to change up the course of that fight but um you think you think when frank martin gets hit with something heavy oh yeah, yeah yeah um most definitely i think i think the problem with frank is that he tries to think that nobody's not going to hurt him you know, in, in um in, um in his fight, so um he doesn't respect the punching power of uh, what's uh, coming back to him. Um, especially in that last fight, 
that he had against uh, Jack uh, Jackson Marinas, right? Um, that fight, that fight was very competitive uh, leading up to the end. But I think the reason why Frank was able to stop him was mainly because he didn't respect Jackson's power, and um, he was just coming in, you know, very smooth to just think that Marinas wasn't going to land something heavy. And um, I actually thought Frank got wobbled like a couple times by. Uh, Marinius's uh, punches, but um, I think I think what Marinius failed to do is that he should have worked the body more and, and he should have landed those um, leading jab um, um, uppercuts where he could push Frank back because he did have what the height and reach advantage um, um, over him. I think I mean one thing I remember one thing I remember specifically was that uh, what's his name was it was it Robert Duno. Robert Duna landed on him clean, and he was wobbled there, but then he, you know, it only lasted a split second because then he loaded up on a straight right and then knocked Duna. <laughs> so, so, so I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't question his chin or, the, or, you know, his ability to take a punch, especially from Gary Antron Russell, because Gary Antron Russell, you know, he's a puncher, but he's not like, you know, some uber duper power puncher that can get you out of there in one shot. So I wouldn't really be too concerned about that. I think that would be a competitive fight at any weight class. So that... Yeah, that, that I wouldn't be worried about. I don't think that anyone has a particular advantage in that specific matchup. Yeah, speaking of those uh, divisions, uh, did you hear what Alberto Puello said in that PBC podcast? No, I didn't listen to what he Yeah, he said that um, he would beat Gary Antoine Russell. He would defeat Subriel Matias, uh, Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, and Regis Progre. Um, he was basically like naming his like top five best 140 pound fighters, and he was just basically saying that you know um, I would like to fight all those guys, but those guys are are never on my level. And he's like basically looking into the future that he wants to be undefeated, beating everybody, like you know in the like you know in the uh, division and conquering other divisions. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds good. So when it's time to fight those people, I expect him to not say anything. He's just fighting. I mean, I believe he would have whooped Josh Taylor as. Yeah, I, I, I believe I believe he would have whooped Josh Taylor as, but that's not that's not particularly telling me anything that I that's special. Like he's Josh Taylor. We saw we saw what a random guy that no one ever heard of did. So yeah, I believe he would have. That's not that's not particularly special. Yeah, the problem that I have with Puelo is that when he gets pressed by somebody that's not afraid to hurt him, um, that's what's going to end up being the downfall of his, uh, you know, fighting style. Because um, he seems to be more trigger happy to landing his left hook a lot. But once you take that like away and you start breaking him to the body and forcing him off of his back foot, he doesn't seem to fight well under that pressure. Um, type of fighting, so I think I think the right style to defeat him is that you just have to break him, you know, like you know, mentally. You know, um, I think Batir Akhmedov, um, you know, showed the blueprints in that fight that he had with him. But the problem was is that Akhmedov he didn't he didn't let his hands go enough to like actually show enough separation because uh, some of those swing rounds could have been you know quail rounds, but. Like, I personally believe that, you know, Akhmedov did enough to win, but it wasn't like a wide margin of like a close fight. It was like a really neck and neck type of fight where like you can't really determine who actually really won. 
I've made out I've made out good and, and and all that, but I don't think I needed I've made out to tell me what Coyle's limitations are. I you know, I think Matias would beat his ass. I think Regis would beat his ass. I think Gary Antaros would beat his ass. Like I said, and Josh Taylor, yeah, it's easy to talk that shit after Catterall, but he made it obvious when he vacated the belt, so I'm not like beating up Josh Taylor, you wouldn't be telling me anything because I think Regis beat his ass and then Catterall beat his ass. So again, like, you know, it's fine, but He's talking shit, but when these people come to actually fight him, don't run. Because cause Regis, I think, is about to smoke Cepeda. So when that happens, I expect you to want to unify ASAP. Don't don't run. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, you know, Gary Antoine's case, uh, who do you want to see him fight, you know, um, in the meantime, when he's uh, climbing up for, the, for, the, for like, a title opportunity? He can fight the tears. Matias' title shot got snatched, so shit. Fight, fight Matias. Or, uh... What, it got, like, um, it got completely snapped? Yeah, he's not fighting that guy no more because the motherfucker got visa shit. No, Ponce, Ponce and, and him, like, like, from, uh, from what I heard, um, it got put on hold, but I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Well, yeah, fuck it, so he ain't doing shit, so I have, uh, have him fight Regis, or, uh, or, I mean, they're not gonna make Tiafimo, but Tiafimo. Yeah, Tia oh, uh, Bima would get eat. Uh, so sh- uh, oh, oh he could fight Barbosa. That's top rank though. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna do all of that. So yeah, I mean, Matias is the only guy, but I guess he doesn't want to give. Oh, Brandon. Oh, Lee. Elvis. Elvis. No, 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 no. Brandon Lee. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, go ahead. Definitely, go Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah I'm give, down for that. Give Brandon Lee his first L while he's undefeated, and let let Gary Russell have that glory. Because I said before he even started struggling with the fight that he was a sacrifice waiting to happen. Then that motherfucker almost gets knocked out. So it, it is time. Yeah, I just think where things are at right now, um, you know, he needs to, like, I don't know, like, he needs to start, like, making himself more known by, like, you know, aggressively having all the better matchups. But I think where he's at right now, he's in a good spot. Um... I don't, I don't know where he's ranked, but I think he's like top five or top four at the moment. No, no he's, he's top ten. He's like, uh, he's ranked number seven in the WBC. That's pretty much, that's pretty much it. But yeah, no, I mean, he's dealing with a lot of personal issues. His father recently died. His uh, family friend recently died. So, and they have to revise their training method because their father's no longer there to supervise. So. I understand, you know, uh, take this time off and, you know, do what's necessary, but you need to get back on the ball because career slip and then the divisions get stacked, especially once the dudes from 135 move up. Like, what you going to do when Haney, Tank, Ryan Garcia, of course, even what you going to do when they're all up in there? So you need to be fighting. You need to be active. Yeah, I don't, like, I was talking with um, that one guy that I'm uh, that I'm friends with, uh, Rashad Mahdi. He fights on the zone through, 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 uh, uh, through our matchroom and yeah no me just fought yeah he just told me like about like, the whole situation with um you know that fight that he had down in mexico right mm-hmm. um basically he told me that um 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 he basically took that fight on short notice but yeah. what happened like you know was that he went all the way down to mexico you know with like like you know little information known of like what was going on 
you know, with like, the altitude and shit. And um, um, he actually got sick while he was down there. He told me that he caught like food poisoning at like some place that um, he was um, eating. But um, he told me that um, if he hadn't taken that fight, the matchroom would have shelved him, I think, for like another four, you know, extra weeks and some shit. And um, I was like talking to him, like asking him, like, how does let the matchmaking work? And basically, like, you have to wait until what the next available card, you know, is available. And he told me back in May on the well, no, back back in September, he was supposed to fight on the Canelo, uh, um, what? A triple G card, right? And um, um, surprisingly, him and um, him and Nestor Bravo were actually supposed to fight each other at one point in time. But I guess something happened between, you know, management issues and con- contractual no- like a, like a negotiation issues where Nestor's side of what the team said, you know, they don't want let the fight because you know they need more um, experience. But I'm just like, just like sitting here, like like um, Rashad's trying to get fights and. You know, he was basically telling me like that. You know, if you don't get fights actively, depending on what promotional banner you're under, it's like that screws up your career like big time because like you're having a uh, because like you're having to wait longer like uh, than expected. Also, with all due respect to uh, Rashad or whatever, that was like his second step up fight because the guy before that was twelve and twelve and one. And this guy was 10 and 2. So he's starting to fight some decent comp. And I'm not saying what happened to him, you know, wasn't real or anything. But, you know, it's it's going to get harder. It's with all due respect. You're going to be in different circumstances. He's 12 and 0. And actually, no, I'm not even going to say step up. He's fighting people that are around his level. So before, he was fighting people that were obviously beneath him. You know, dudes 13 and 7, 17 and 5, 8 and 6, 4 and 4. Yeah. Dudes are losing records. Now he's fighting people that are around his skill set. And then eventually, if he makes it to 15 or no, 18 or whatever, whatever, he's going to have to start fighting people that are actual step-ups. So it is what it is. You know, good for him for getting through that. But, uh, you know, it's, he's going to either he's going to shine or he's going to struggle. That's that's life. So anyway. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad fighter. I think, I think it's just now at this point of his career, it's time to just go after, you know, all the big fish, but just step it up. You know, developmentally. Oh, he fights at 140. Yeah, he um um uh, uh that's what he told me. He fights at 140 for now. Yeah, they don't have nobody over there to fight. He could fight Richardson Hitchens. Oh, Richardson Hitchens has got my kind of love. Uh, back with what? Richardson Hitchens is gonna fight Montana Love if they both win their next fights, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After he beats up on, well, see, like I like, like I don't know too much about that Spark guy, but if he loses to that guy, that's not gonna look good on him. But if um, Hitchens, um, he's fighting Yomar Alamo, that Puerto Rican dude, but he should very well be, you know, moved like a lot faster, um, you know, above Montana. And I think like theoretically, like him and Montana would be like the better fight to make and. You know Richardson, if he beats him, then that'll be a very good fight, you know, to sell. And then in, after he gets that victory, I think I think what he's trying to do is that he's trying to like like he's trying to make himself a lot um, closer to like a title. So I think I think he's trying to go like the IBF route to like make his um you know his climb you know a lot easier. Neither one of them are 
ranks top 10 in any sanctioning body. So I, I wish them both the best of luck. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see their names reflected here at all. Like, I think, uh, let me see. Uh, well, fucking Montana Love is ranked in the uh, TBRB, but outside of that, nothing. Yeah, look, I'm not seeing either of their names right now either. I could have sworn that I, uh, that I thought that I saw, um, like, you know, Montana's name floating, like, around, but probably not, like... Montana wouldn't really be either champion right now, so I'm, I'm good. Yeah, like, I don't see his name at all. Yeah, and that's appropriate. He hasn't really fought anybody. He hasn't really done anything. I mean, his best win is branching, and that's not something oh, that's um, bad. I actually see his name, you know, uh, listed for number 13 uh, uh, through the WBC rankings. Yeah, that means nothing. He fight probably two or three more fights before he even gets close to an eliminator. Oh, and through the IBF, it says that he's uh, ranked uh, number six. Um, I don't see that. I I see uh, for number. I see Jack uh, for the IBF. I see Jack Hyder all number six. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so I'm probably looking at like a wrong source. My bad. Well, I'm, just, right. I'm just on Wikipedia, so maybe you have the right one. Matt. Yeah, because I'm going through boxing scene. That's like you know that's where I saw the uh, rankings on their end, but. I mean, if I have to go to like, the actual sanctioned body website to see the correct ranking, that I'll just have to do more research on that. I personally, based on what we've seen so far, I personally don't believe Montana Love should be ranked top 10 anywhere, but whatever, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. You know, carrying, carrying French Bulldogs to the, to the boxer. <laughs> He's a good fighter. He's just not like, what is he going to do? When he, when he comes up against the top 10, what is he going to do? What is, who is he going to beat? Yeah, and he better, yo, he better stay away from Sergey Limpinets. Yo, Limpinets will beat him. Uh, maybe. I mean, I probably, I think so, but maybe. I mean, we'd have to see. But you know, Limpinets is, you know, literally now that Limpinets is back on one forty, we'll have to see. Like, but Regis Progray again, beat the shit out of him. Matias beat the shit out of him. Uh, Peril might beat the shit out of him, to be quite honest, based on what we've seen. Achmedov might beat the shit out of him. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm good. I don't really care. Like, he does, he'll just be taking up space. Yeah, I think I think Kenneth Sims Jr. could could beat his ass. That's a competitive fight because Kenneth Sims hasn't really been super active, and when he is, he's been fighting super marginal competition or like random promotions nobody's ever heard of. So that's yeah, that's a toss up. Yeah, because I heard he um he um he um he was scheduled for like a fight down in um I think Orlando, Florida, and I don't know what happened with that. I'm pretty sure he won that fight, but. You know, like, uh, what I don't like about him is, like, he's been acting like a diva trying to say, like, nobody, you know, don't want to fight him. But, you know, when you look at, like, his scaling as a fighter, it's like, 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 um, you're not fighting nobody actually good yet. Oh, wait, Kenneth Sims Jr. Oh, shit, I'm getting him confused with another guy at, um, at like, middleweight or something. That, that's, like, another dude. No, 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 yeah, Kenneth Sims Jr. is good. Yeah, no one wants to fight him because he's, a, he's like, a prospect killer. He's been taking dudes O's and shit. Yeah, um, um, he's very well. I think I think personally he should fight Richardson Hitchens. Well, no, Gary and Tom Russell because they both on BBC. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but I'm not too sure of like, like you know how that's working out business wise. You know, oh, yeah. between them. yeah, if, if, if he's really yeah, like, yeah, let Ken yeah, let Ken and Sims go ahead and fight Gary and Tom. That's, that's good <laughs> be the be the, the the leading prospect against a prospect killer. That's a good ass fight. 
Yeah, because Kenison Jr., like, that'll, you know, that'll be a difficult fight for Gary Antoine, but I think Antoine will stop him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be difficult. I think Antoine will beat, beat his ass, but uh, <laughs> but it's still it's still a good fight. I mean, if uh, if they're both not doing anything, why not? Why would, not, why would we not make it? That's why I said Gary Antoine should fight like Matias or somebody, because, like, they're just languishing. They're just sitting there. Yeah, I think it's because, like, not a lot of guys want to, you know, fight tough opposition where they end up losing and then, you know, the sanctioning bodies will try to screw them over to say, oh, well, you lost to this guy. Like, like uh, don't you know that uh, Cody Crowley guy when he beat Kuchertil, um Abu Dakarov? He was, like, what, number one in the IBF, right? Yeah. But, uh, like, um, when he lost to Cody... Cody Cody was able to like jump up through the rankings that fast and I'm just like wait a minute just because he beats him doesn't make him bypass through all the other guys like he should at least be like a top six or top like you know top five fighter but don't put him like you know like um in the top three yeah and I mean shit and Cody Crowley himself with all the respect he's not fantastic he doesn't he doesn't beat the top five top six guys so you know but that is what it is. Like, yeah, like, Cody Crowley is, right, like, number six by box rec in the welterweight division. Like, all the, like, the top five would watch him. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think um, Cody, he's good. But when you look at the scaling of the welterweight division, he's not in there with, like, a deadly fighter yet. And I think, you know, guys like, you know, Amanta Stanionis would stop him. Alexis Roca could very well, very well destroy him. Um, Rashidi Ellis could very well stop him. Um, Boots would, you know, wipe the floor with him. Uh, um, Butayev would definitely hurt him. And um, definitely, um, I'd probably say even Blair Cobbs or even Abel Ramos. <laughs> like, he's in such a bad position right now. I, I think he can. Yeah, that, that might be a big one. Yeah, speaking of which, did you see the um, interview that uh, Blue Blood had with uh, David Avenizian's, uh coach or some shit like that? No, I, I did. I'm not gonna. I mean, I don't really. I didn't, I was subscribed for a while, but I realized I wasn't gonna be watching the videos. So I don't really listen to Blue Blood, especially after you know this this recent stuff. I'm just. <laughs> like like what like, what Art, like what Art Man's talking about on his channel right now. Like he and also he, he I believe he asked for like both of us to hop on over there. I, I'm not interrupting you. I'm just saying if you want like go over there, like start over or whatever. I understand, but but no. After what the buzz situation, I'm kind of good. I'm just I'm not. I, I'm good. I'll get my information from somewhere else. Yeah, like I don't I don't be listening to him. Like you know, I just chime in to like certain videos. Of like certain fight updates, but I mean, when it comes to Crawford and Spence, I you know I no longer listen to to anybody unless it's coming from a actual consistent source. But at this point, it's like Crawford Crawford and Spence is like no man's land at this point. Yeah, no, I'm good. The fight's not gonna happen, and you know that'll just that'll just be that. I'm not gonna spend my time being concerned about it. It's not gonna happen. It's over. Dude had too many chances to fight him. He's not gonna do it. He's done. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm interested in what Buzz is gonna talk about. I, I am I am gonna see if if, I, if I'm awake to watch his live, if I care enough to watch his live. 
he's going to be interesting to report on. I am interested in what he's going to say. I have a good idea of what he's going to say, but I'm curious. But yeah. Outside of that, no. Unless it's, I've signed the fight Spence, I don't give a fuck. Like, dude, retire. I don't care. I'm good. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I guess as far as uh, for Spence's decision, um, I, um, I've been hearing that Spence and Thurman could be finalized. But um, if so, like, is that like a better move for Spence? get a major bag not to mention you already know that he you already know that al Heyman gave him a big ass bag because he hates thurman he hates thurman he said he didn't want to fight him and now if he is does end up fighting him you know Al had to give him that paper so, <laughs> be like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna give you like 30 plus million up front <laughs> it's, it's, a good, it's a good money situation for spence he gets to take his anger out on pussy ass thurman thurman's crying ass finally gets a fight and he's about to get beat up so you know it's all it's, hey everybody wins <laughs> yeah, man. I'm tired of hearing Thurman's mouth talking about, I want to fight this, I want to fight that, I'll fight this, I'll fight that, but not fighting shit. So come in here, get beat up, and I don't want to hear from you again. Yeah, um, I think he thinks he deserves the lion's share of, of, of the lion's share of the money for doing the lamb share of the work. I'm like, bro, you're not fucking fighting anybody, bro. <sighs> Shit, if he stayed active after that Pacquiao loss, um, he he probably would have built up his pay per view numbers to be massive by now. Well, he's a pussy. He he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to fight any of the up and comers. You know. He, yeah, like think about it. Him versus Virgil, Boots, fighting Ugas, and then fighting I don't know Danny Garcia again in a rematch. I don't know. Wanted to be paid like ten million dollars for fighting prospects. Yeah, he's is. acting like he's Floyd Mayweather, but it's like, dude, like you're not there yet. <laughs> you could have been there, but then you screwed everything up. I personally, you know, but I, I think it's going to be saying, but uh, but uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I'm just happy Spence is fighting again, and whatever it is, uh, you know, I'm biased to it. Yeah, did you hear like uh, what happened with um uh, Gervonta Davis? What happened to him that we already don't know? What 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 what's new? Um, I don't know. Like I guess he had some um altercation with uh like you know Floyd Mayweather and uh, Leonard Ellerby. Like a physical altercation? No, uh, uh, nothing physical. I think it was just like a verbal back and forth conversation, but. I, think, I don't. I don't listen to those fucking bozos. All, they can argue amongst themselves all they want. They don't say anything productive. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, don't care. I don't care about what they're saying. Like one, one, like like one day it's oh I'm not signed with them. The next day I need out of my contract. The next day I oh man I'm I'm not signed with them anymore. I can do what I want. The next day on my contract I don't care what the hell they talk about. I really yeah. do. I don't. I don't. I don't listen to. I don't listen to any of them. Yeah, um, speaking of which, now that Gervonta seems to be his own boss, um, does that mean that we could get Tank versus Haney right away? No, because we don't know that. That's just some shit that Tank said. We don't know if that's true. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Because it's like Gervonta doesn't have... Like, like I literally heard that Gervonta is... Like, like, Gervonta made that one tweet, right, where he said that he was considering leaving PVC so he could like go elsewhere with his talent because you know he's not staying active like enough. But I'm just thinking inside like my head, like 
if you want to stay active enough, then why not give us the fights that we want to see? Because it's not like you're being out of the ring for that long. But it's like, like, um, how many, like, um, how many fights did Tank fight? You know, within this past year, he only fought like one time. But then prior to 2021, he only fought like I think twice. So he's not even staying active. He's just basically coming back for like, you know, like basically bullshit fights. I mean, shit, if he's getting money, that's fantastic. But, like I said, I, like, if his next opponent is trash, I'm just not going to be concerned. I'm just going to write him off like I wrote Canelo off. I don't care. I don't care what Canelo does. I don't I don't watch his career no more because I'm not interested. He, he's going to be a bitch and fight all these trash people. So, hey, do, do what you do, homie. Just leave me out of it. I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to support this shit. I'm going to go, oh, Canelo's fighting? Okay, cool. And if Tank's next opponent is trash, then I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to be that way with Tank. Oh, Tank's fighting? Different Tank. I don't care. Just like just like Terrence Crawford from now on. And unless Terrence Crawford fights uh, Errol Spence Jr. or Boots, I don't care what Terrence Crawford does. I'm not paying for it. I'm not supporting the bullshit. I'm like, oh, Terrence Crawford's fighting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's very surprising. Because it's like, now now I'm thinking Gervonta Gervonta's going to be doing doing something shady. And at this point, it's, it's probably going to be like, you know, you know the um, end of his career because at this point he can like he could like cash out so 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 many big fights right now and theoretically like if he was fighting all the best names he should be back in the ring like at least like every you know like 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 two to four months at least but depending on the severity of how much punishment that he takes he should at least fight like four to five times like a year so he could fight that many times a year for one or two, but he doesn't. He's you know he's enjoying being a little rich kid and doing what rich people do. He's got a, he's, you know of course he's got a few legal issues uh, right now, so there's that. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't care. Just do what you want to do. I'm just not gonna. I'm not really gonna talk about it that much. I'm not gonna back it. I'm gonna advocate for the fights that I actually want to see. And then I'm gonna move on with my life. I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna be concerned about it. Yeah. Because people uh, cry, people, people like people have been crying for Terrence Crawford to fight some better opposition his entire career. And get win. What has that done? Absolutely nothing. So yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, you know, like it's basically like uh, they like like is like is career basically on life support, where he's like not gonna get like the same amount of money that he thinks he's gonna get. No, his career is fine. Because he's going to get the amount of money that he's going to get, and probably more. It's his legacy that's on life support. Because as fans, we shouldn't really be too concerned about Tank's money. Tank's money is not an issue to us because we're not getting a fraction of it. But his legacy is on life support. And eventually, if he doesn't start fighting people, then I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's exciting because he gets lots of knockouts, and you know, because he was under Floyd Mayweather for so long. But you know, I mean, it's. It is what it is, man. Like I said, I'm not going to be too concerned about it. He, he wants to fight someone, great. He doesn't, fuck. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, um, the more ducking or the more just, like, weird movement that he continues to do, uh, that just basically kills off his career right away where he's no longer valuable as a fighter anymore. No, I mean, he'll still be very valuable because he's incredibly entertaining. A lot of people love him. He has massive fan and celebrity support, so he'll be valuable. 
it just you know from a fan perspective i'm not gonna give a shit like i i, I wish no ill will but i'm tired of watching him just walk through dudes like i i've never been able to pick against him and i picked it and i picked him comfortably every single time <laughs> yeah like there's never a period where i thought oh my god this is gonna really be some trouble like no yeah but now um like um if he like like i guess as far as um what i'm trying to figure out like if his next fight is a good valuable name not named shakur or devon but somebody that's good is that good enough to go back and buy like another tank pay-per-view depends on what it is because i mean you can't just be like oh not tank or devon okay well then who the fuck are we talking about if it's like some somebody like chris colbert i'll be like man get the fuck out of here like, like if, if, it's, if it's somebody like that, I'd be like, no, this is garbage. Chris Colbert can't oh. punch. He's got his ass whooped. Like, huh. Alberto Puello called out Tank, by the way. That's a good fight. Current champion? Yeah, that would be great. Because Tank would smoke his ass. Yeah, so I mean, could that be... It's irritating because I know Tank will smoke him, but it's still good because it's the current champion that, you know, that is, I believe he's undefeated. So that's still, that's still good. Yeah, I think I think Tank should go after Puelo, you know, like just to keep himself busy because, you know, he's obviously wanting to fight Ryan, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think um, him and Alberto Puelo, that should be the next fight heading into 2023. Yeah, I mean, but again, that's on them. That's on them to make. So we don't know what plans, uh, you know, Tank and, and company have. So. Yeah, because I don't, because I don't see tanks staying at one thirty-five for like, like uh, for um, uh, forever. But if he does, it's like your biggest fights for the rest of your career would probably end up being like what Shakur Stevenson, maybe Michelle Rivera, Frank Martin, and then. After that, like you know, that's about it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have that many, you know, big fights you know left in the division. I mean, he can fluctuate because his last fight he made one thirty three, so he can go between one forty and one thirty five. I mean, he's I mean he's, he's he's proven that, so that's that's not a, that's not an issue. So I, I wouldn't be too worried. I wouldn't be too worried about all of that. So yeah, he can choose. He can choose whichever division he wants to be in. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask, um, uh, like, uh, what's your whole, uh, like, you know, um, uh, thoughts on Bivol versus Zerto? That's, you know, that's interesting. I'm glad Bivol's crying. I mean, Bivol. I'm glad Zerto's crying ass finally got his title shot. He's <laughs> wearing up and down. Somebody been ducking him. He's like, all right, cool. So let's go ahead and get you your title shot. And I think Bivol's gonna beat his ass. And because uh, I've been trying to tell people Zerto's not good. I mean, with all due respect, he's not good. He's not even really a good southpaw. I mean, he's undefeated because of the people he's fought. And some of them have some mild notoriety, but even then, they haven't been particularly A-level talents if we're, if we're keeping it a 1,000. So I think Bivol's going to come in. He's going to be very aggressive. He's going to try to punch with Bivol, which is a bad idea. And then Bivol's going to remind people that he has power. And honestly, if I can keep it 100, I think Zerto's going to fuck around and get himself knocked out. I think I think what he's going to do is he's going to frustrate Bivol to the point where, like, um, 
where uh, where Zerto might be like a like might have won a round or two, and then Bilbo's gonna actually have to force the downshift and go to another gear he's never been at, and he'll probably knock Zerto out of pure irritation, just like being tired of fighting. Because <laughs> Zerto is a big dude. Zerto's a big dude. Bro, Zerto Zerto's a fucking cruiserweight. Yeah, he's a very he's a very big guy. He can grab you. He can hold you. He can turn you toward the ropes and do stuff like that. And I think he's gonna do that on Bilbo. Bilbo's not gonna be used to getting pushed like that. And he's going to get pissed off, and he's going to start hitting Zerto really hard. He's probably going to stop him. He's, he's, he's probably, he's probably going to, I think, uh, yeah, I think probably around 10 or 11, he's finally just going to put, he's finally just going to put Zerto down because he's going to get aggravated. So that's, that's what I'll say. Yeah, and um, I, like, you know, I'm picking Bivol to knock out Zerto, and a lot of these weird Zerto fans are just, you know, just weird-ass, dumb casuals trying to say, like, Oh, since since when has Bivol ever knocked anybody out? Blah blah blah. And it's like you don't need to knock somebody out to hurt somebody. Like if you have good punching power, but the other fighter has a good chin, but they're not able to press you, but you're able to press them, then that shows that you have power. Like you know, when you hurt somebody multiple times, you know, in a fight, that means that their punch resistance is not good with their chin. Because they've never been in a war like that with a, like, you know, with a fighter that has deadly hands. So, like, with Gervonta and Deontay Walder, th- those are two great examples of guys that have a lot of power. But when they load up their shots or they set their shots up with good, like, you know, boxing technicality, that's what makes their shots be non existent with power because people think, like, oh, they can't punch. But then, when, uh, but then, um, once they keep, hurting you throughout the fight you don't have good punch resistance to it because they're actually setting up setting up with the shot properly to the point where their power is already deadly enough carrying over to the late game so i think in bivol's case he knows how to knock somebody out like like uh, there's no question with that the reason why he's probably not going for knockouts as much is because he's not looking for the ko he's looking to box before he ko before he uh, ko's you I mean, in order to get a knockout, you have to take a certain amount of risk. And, you know, Bill is just not a fighter that does that. He's the type of fighter that he doesn't work harder than he actually needs to. He has a good gas tank. He has decent power. He has very quick hand speed. And he'd rather preserve his energy for emergencies in case he gets into a situation in which he needs to bail, uh, a bailout. He'd rather preserve his energy for that and just cruise to an easy, unanimous decision than actually trying to go for a knockout and risk himself. Now, knockout is also, you know, getting knockouts is about technique, punch placement, variation, etc. And Bimbo has all those things. Like, for example, if he really wanted to knock out Salomon, well, he could have knocked him out. But he's like, why? I'm easily beating this person. Just stay the course, finish the rounds. And if the knockout comes, take it. And if I don't feel an opportunity has presented itself, then, you know, I'll beat this person up. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. And, you know, Bimbo, his last knockout, yes, was Sullivan Barrera in 2018. So, you know, it's, it's been a while, but... He's dominated everyone else. All these other ones have been, they haven't been questionable decisions at all. It's been Bill washing dudes for almost 12 rounds. Like, even, even roided up fucking Pascal. He had enough power to yeah. keep Yeah. I had, was just about to say that. He could have stopped his ass, too. Well, no, I wasn't going to say he could have stopped roided up Pascal. I was going to say he had enough power to keep his big ass off him. Cause, yeah, you know, but Pascal, he's not, like, he's not that big of a guy. Like, like, like uh, for me. He's on juice. So, yeah, this, this is uh, but it's like to uh, t- uh, to any like compare compared his hit like his physical attributes to any natural light heavyweight or heavyweight fighter. 
he's a very small person. Like he's not supposed to fight at light heavyweight at well, all. Well, for heavyweight, he's small, but for a light heavyweight, he's pretty. He's a pretty big dude because because he's bigger than Bevel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just due to like the you know like the physique of like how he's built. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, cheater. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit cheater, man. Fuck him. Being as old as he is, but again, that's because you know he's on steroids. Yeah, he came in much bigger than Bill, and Bill had enough power to keep him off of him. So you know, people saying Bill didn't have power. Like, all right, cool, sounds good. We'll see next fight. Yeah, no wonder why he didn't want any smoke with um, Archer Better Beer because Better Beer probably would have killed him. Bill? No, no, Better Better Beer versus Jean Pascal. <laughs> oh yeah, well Pascal's not great anymore. So yeah, that would that yeah that was <laughs> Yeah, I just find it crazy how he like how he really thinks he like like um he's accomplished so much in his career, but you know. I guarantee you, like you know, all the world titles that that he's won, he had um, he had to cheat, you know, in order to be successful. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, much like uh, probably much like Kovalev and Tyson Fury, they've been on stuff well. So yeah, probably. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. Um, as far as Bibble, if he is successful, does that open up the door? For him and better beer for undisputed. That's what he said. He said that's the fight he wants. I hope he gets it because that's what we've been waiting on. Those two motherfuckers. No one's ever put any pressure on those two motherfuckers to be fighting each other, and they need to. They're both Russians. They're both undefeated. They both punch real hard, except better beer is all knockouts. So, you know. Bro, better beer. He's a killer, man. Yeah, it's a good fight. I hope we get it. I mean, shit. It's very like it's 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 a easy it's a toss up because Bivol has the speed. To not get caught by any of his bullshit, he has the jab, he has the power, and things like that to keep him off him. But then better be able to just start clubbing, and then that's it. So it's, it's very hard. Yeah, I think I think Bibble, I think Bibble will be better beer, but it's not, you know, it's not going to be easy. That better beer of pressure is going to catch up to him, but I think Bibble's jab is going to definitely break him. Uh, Sagan? I don't think I could hear you. Oh, I was just gonna—I was just gonna say that um, you know, Better Beev is still a very talented boxer, despite the fact that he punches very hard. So we can't forget that. Yeah, he's like the Russian version of Deontay Wilder. <laughs> uh, you know, skill for skill wise, I'd probably say he's probably a little bit more talented than Deontay Wilder, but you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that boxing wise, I don't think he punches harder. But I would, oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'd say punches harder than him, but I would say that you know boxing wise, he's probably a little bit more talented. But for that division, yeah, he punches real hard, so people got to be careful. Yeah, he's the tank of that division, I should say. I just find it crazy how he was able to knock guys out that were taller than him, and he's pretty much Mike Tyson's height. You know, he's five foot like eleven, and. Five foot eleven um, and a half, and he got long ass arms for the division. Because it's like, you know, those those skills and attributes, like, like you know, that's insane. Like, like, imagine if Better Beer was, you know, any taller, like six one or six two, 
Um, he'd be knocking guys out like way faster. Well, he does a lot of those, you know, standard Eastern European techniques, like you know, holding and hitting, cuffing behind the head, shit like that. So that's what also gets him a lot. Of oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you brought that up the other day. Yeah, he did love that dirty shit. Yeah. I kind of do believe he could be dirty at times, just simply because if he can't box, like, you know, if he can't outbox you, then he's going to fight dirty. Yeah, I mean, they all do. Same as Butaev, same as Triple G, same as Best Boot, they all do it. <laughs> same as Blitzko, same as Vivekin, they all do it. Uh, Dimitri Trenko. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, did I just hear that Deontay Walter and Andy Ruiz is set for early spring? Uh, I heard about the WBC mandating it at the convention. I didn't know they had a date yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah, like, like if that fight's happening next, I got, you know, I got Walter by knockout, you know, in the first round. Yeah, I don't think he's really going to go past the rate, probably. Yeah. I think, I think Wilder, just to get a feel for his speed in there, will probably let him get out the first and the second, but once the third one goes and he has his timing down, he probably going to lay his ass out. Yeah, but Walter, he's like a lot more athletic now. He's actually like looking a lot more dangerous, you know, with that footwork. That's true, but Andrew Ruiz is still incredibly fast, and you know, as we've seen, he doesn't need a whole lot of punches to put down a, a significantly bigger guy. Because, you know, they put down someone that was not only around Wilder's height being six six, but also someone that was significantly heavier than Wilder. Was heavier than Wilder, like twenty pounds. So you know, we still got to still got to be mindful of that. You can't just write yeah. him off because he's seven. I still even believe, like you know, the prime version of Deontay Wilder with a prime Andy Ruiz, like 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 if this fight was set up for you know undisputed, when Andy won against AJ that following twenty nineteen. Uh, versus that version of Deontay Wilder, uh, Deontay Wilder would just blow through Andy Ruiz like so fast in that yeah, fight. Yeah, but it's like, like I even like I even think that this fight will be a lot more memorable and a lot more valuable because you know, but the real fans like us, like you know, um, will view this as of the two, you know, would be undisputed kings of that division because Deontay Wilder and Andy. You know, they should have fought each other, you know, um, a long time ago. Yep, yep, I agree. But, you know, politics and such. No one wanted to give uh, AJ any step-aside money for them to unify the division or anything. No one wanted to do all that because they probably knew that Wild would probably win. And as opposed to just having to rematch a, you know, fat, greedy, they're like, shit, if we had to have to fight Wild, we're not going to do that. Yeah, it's so crazy because it's like I'm pretty sure Andy would have taken taken the fight with with a Deontay, but it's just like why didn't he speak up at that time frame to say, look, like fuck AJ, me and Walder sh- should run it, and then the winner fight AJ. You know that's how it should be. You know, like like um in a perfect world situation. Yep, I agree. What is not. It's the same reason. It's the same reason why Charles Martin, as opposed to uh, you know fighting Wilder, he just went across the pond. Yeah, just sold his belt to AJ within six months. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute sucker. Yep. 
Actually, speaking of which, um, I was going to bring up uh, women's boxing, but uh, uh, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall did over 6 million views globally. Yeah, so it was a, uh, you know, it was a very good fight, highly controversial. Uh, a lot of people had Marshall knocking her out. I personally didn't. I'm glad I got the attention to deserve it. was definitely a, a very good fight for the card, you know, both Michaela Mayer and uh, Bumgarner were there too. So, you know, it was, it was all good. Yeah, um, uh, what was very telling was that uh, Clarissa said on Sean Porter's podcast that on the, on the night of the fight, when she fought Savannah, Savannah rehydrated to like basically a cruiserweight the night of the fight. So that's where all of her power really comes from. She she basically, you know, like I'm not you know I'm not gonna make the make the make the um, assumption if you know if she's probably juicing on top of that, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if she's like using some form of like a you know of like a you know. I guess like a physical supplement to rehydrate enough where she's able to have all this artificial power with her shots because it's like, you know, if you didn't have all this weight to rehydrate with and you're basically 160 on the nose on fight night, you wouldn't be having all this power because, you know, like like um I've seen some girls that are, you know, fighting at 160 in certain fights and they come in at 160 on fight night or a little bit heavier i'd probably say maybe like five ten pounds or more but you know no more than at least maybe like 10 to 15 pounds over the actual weight but they don't punch that hard it's like for savannah's case like she shouldn't be able to like rehydrate up to 30 plus pounds almost being like a borderline cruiserweight heavyweight fighter i mean yeah it's uh that's the nature of the beast i mean that's why people Gave, that's what her fans gave her the upper hand over Shields to say that she'd be able to handle her, she'd be able to hit her, she'd be able to hold her, turn her because of how big she is. But, you know, it didn't work out all the way. Yeah. Uh, now people are talking about like a rematch, and I'm just like, like, Arissa doesn't need a rematch. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why it's always only, only us and if you're giving people rematches and putting something in. Given the pattern, like that. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, um, um, if that fight doesn't happen, um, I think uh, like uh, like I think me and him, like me and you have spoken about it in the past, but uh, I think I think her and Franchon Cruz would be about the next best fight right now. Or actually, um, I want to see Franchon go up against uh, Shadesha Green. And then the winner fight Clarissa. Sorry, wait. Repeat that last thing once more. No, like I was just saying that um, um, if Clarissa um, uh, chooses not to fight Savannah in a rematch, um, she should go ahead and face Franchon Cruz. But before that fight gets made, um, Franchon Cruz should probably go up, go up against uh, uh, Shadeja Green. And then the winner faces uh, Clarissa next. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. But yeah, but I figured that I uh, bring that up. 
Wait, which one? I'm sorry. Repeat the last part. I think maybe I could understand. Yeah, um, I was saying that if Clarissa chooses to not fight Savannah in a rematch, uh, the next best fight available should be Franchon Cruz. But before that fight happens, Franchon should go up against that one girl uh, named uh, Shadeja Green that everybody keeps uh, talking about. And then the winner of that fight should just go ahead and basically face each other uh, for um, for for a spot to face up to face against uh, Clarissa Shields. Wait, but if Franchon is undefeated and Shadeja doesn't have shit, Franchon shouldn't be going up. Shadeja should be coming down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, yeah, because you said that you said that she should go up, and I'm like, well, well hold on, no, if she she has, she has all the belts, so yeah, Shadeja should have to, yeah, Shadeja should have to come down. Uh, should have to come down some. Yeah. Yeah, this is pigeon here. Like, I don't feel like I don't need you, dude. See you later. All right, but yeah, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't think Clarissa's career is really, you know, how should I say, like, she doesn't need to be boxing anymore, but she's just kind of like getting big, like no big paydays at this point. So yeah, this is a good seven-figure deal. Hopefully, she can run. I mean, shit, at this point because she's, you know, she's putting in work against actual opponents. She needs to do what Terrence Crawford does. Uh, uh, leverage. Leverage a multi-million-dollar deal with these uh, with these British people for another Savannah Marshall fight, and in the meantime, in between time, be slaughtering their bums. <laughs> and, 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 and any time, and any any of the other time, the mother hoes want to come up out their divisions to get some. Come get some. Just come get some at one fifty four, one sixty. Stop, stop playing like Serrano, Katie Taylor, all y'all down there, McCaskill, whatever the fuck. If y'all want, you know, if y'all want to come up and prove yourselves, come up and wait and come get some. And then when she beats y'all up, y'all can go back down. Fine. Well, Serrano, like her and Serrano are friends, but I'm not like I'm not against of having them fight each other. But knowing like like knowing where they are and the weight discrepancy, it's like you know Serrano is going to be way smaller compared to Clarissa on fight night versus Katie Taylor. That's a more you know somewhat equal fight because Katie. She's not supposed to be fighting at lightweight. She's a very big fighter for for her size to be fighting at lightweight. So, to that physical standpoint, Clarissa has like a better outing with Katie compared to um, uh, compared to like Amanda Serrano. But also, um, even Jessica McCaskill, like versus Clarissa, she uh, she was talking all that BS with uh, Clarissa, and she she said that she would beat her up and all that nonsense. So that fight should also happen. On top of that, too. Yep, there you have it. Uh, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, <clears throat> all those other. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that those are like particular, particular against fights. I mean, I'm just saying if all those people, you know, if all those people want to come up and actually test her out, then they got to come up some. Yeah, ain't no, ain't no way she coming all coming all the way back down there. I mean, y'all haven't. I mean, the what's the name? That one chick is uh, McCaskill, I believe. Is she's pretty much undisputed right now, but. As far as the names and as far as the names and sales and recognition, she hasn't accomplished as much as Shields. So you know, y'all yeah. But she's basically doing what Katie Taylor is doing. Like I'm just gonna sit here and defend my undisputed titles, but it's like you're not getting all this money. Like you're not making yourself look any better. And I literally said this up the other day, like about Katie Taylor. Like you're not looking any better defending your undisputed title for the eighth time. You're not looking like, you know, a better fighter because Amanda Serrano, quote unquote, 
arguably has a at like like um uh, um asterisk you know uh behind that victory and more people are talking about you and serrano versus you staying at lightweight defending those titles and you're not really doing anything so like if anything katie taylor should be like a real champion to just move up in higher weight classes and face other champions because at least that way that'll free up the lightweight division and then she could just do the same thing go get titles in those divisions like she's already like a two division world champion so it's like she can't make the excuse to say oh like you know um i don't want to go up to 140 because 140 was too big for me no like you were able to make the weight in that weight class so why can't you just do it now it's like 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 um you're already like what like 36 about to be 37 but it's like you're not going to just make that excuse to say that that you can't make weight for 140 but then you're going to try to say like 135 is perfectly fine when you know you're already you know sacrificing you know like enough to make 135 so at this point just cash out just you know go up to higher weight classes and you know try to reach for the highest you know achievements in those weight classes i think katie taylor is just not confident yeah i mean katie taylor's a fraud you know i'm keeping her she's a fraud because i watched her lose twice to pursuance and with serrano serrano lost that fight more than katie taylor won it i scored a draw but serrano it was serrano making defensive mistakes is what allowed katie taylor to score more than katie taylor's boxing ability if, if, yeah, but if she had defense, then she definitely would have made that fight a lot easier. That's what you're saying. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm literally saying that if Serrano had just simply kept her left hand up for more often in the fight, Katie Taylor would have won almost no rounds. Yeah, so, you know, if she was defensively responsible in that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's all she had to do. Like, she didn't even have to move her. She didn't even have to move her head or anything. But she just kept allowing Katie Taylor to score looping right hooks. If she just would have kept her left hand up, she would have won the yeah. fight easily. Katie Taylor, because that's where that's that's where Katie Taylor was scoring. She should have did like, the same thing what Errol Spence did, you know, to Kel Brook. You know, keep keep your left hand up, but apply pressure to the body and don't try to swing for those head hunting shots. Because what Errol Spence did to Brook, he. You know, he actually set those shots up beautifully, but he was he was killing Brooke to the body to the point where his hands were getting low, and then he started landing those uh, jabbing, jabbing shots like you know to the solar plex, and then once he started combination, you know, with like the uppercuts and and like the hooks, you know, to the body, to you know, um, slowly, you know, crave in to the inside more to to allow Brooke to get stopped. Um, or just basically get brutally hurt. I think I think that's what made him, you know, a lot more successful with his style. So I think I think if like a man had done that, similar to what Spence did, you know, that was like a perfect style to to definitely knock Katie out. Well, I mean, after after the middle after the middle rounds, once they saw what was happening, and she actually had uh, she had um, what's the name? She had Taylor hurt. Around the fifth or sixth, she should have went in and pressed for the kill. But you know, it happens. Katie Taylor recovered. She started to, you know, land some more shots, and Serrano couldn't finish her off. So I mean, it happens. Like I said, I scored the fight a draw. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. But Katie Taylor talking about she want a rematch, so you know, Serrano should go ahead and take that. It's good money. Yeah, Serrano Ben won about the rematch. Um, it was Eddie Hearn making up lies, pretending as if Serrano and her team didn't want the rematch, and Kate, Katie's just sitting there behind closed doors trying to act like 
you know, Eddie Hearn is correct about everything, and she's just, like, not speaking up for herself, which is weird. But, like, I mean, if you don't want to fight, like, Amanda at all, it's, like, that's perfectly fine, because, you know, if Amanda is successful in, in her own campaign to get undisputed at 126, then she could just do the same thing at 130. You know, the winner between her and her and Erica Cruz going up against um, Alicia Baumgartner and Choi. At least Serrano, she can, she can, she can just call it quits after that. Or if Katie has, you know, has like, the urge to fight Serrano again, which I think it should happen again. And you know, Serrano was already, you know, saying yes to the to the idea of going out to you know to Ireland, right, to to fight Katie. So it's like. You know, Serrano, she she she's already primed and ready. It was Katie and her team trying to like make up with the weird excuses through Eddie Hearn's like, you know, talking points to say that Serrano and her team never wanted like the rematch and just making up false, you know, lies. You know, just trying to like create controversy. Well, you know, I'm not I mean, don't get me wrong, I like women's boxing, but of course I don't follow it. It's- Closely to the men's boxing, but you know that's a, that's a good fight if they can make it. So hopefully they choose to. Yeah, but if uh, Serrano makes those like adjustments, you're basically saying that um, that's a bad style matchup for Katie. All well, you know, all together. I mean, yeah, I think she wins. If, you know, if she's like I said, if she just keeps her left hand up. I mean, unless Katie Taylor is freaking something out and is going to adjust to that. But yeah, I think I definitely think that she wins if she just keeps if she just keeps her left hand up. Yeah. Yeah, either way, like I want to see like the rematch. I think I think it needs to be back over here um, in the states. You know, um, I why you know Serrano love lost. Madison Square Garden, huh? So why would it be back in the states when Serrano lost? No, no, no. Like I'm just saying, Mark. Like, like, uh, of, of, like I'm just saying, like, preferably it should be back in America because you know it it generated you know a lot more fans to uh, to the Madison Square Garden to have that fight. Uh, like I'm just saying, venue was, but I understand politics was Katie. Katie would want it, you know, in Ireland because you know she did win. So I don't know, think if, she lives in Ireland. Does she still live in Ireland? Uh, I don't think so. Like from what I've heard, she mainly lives in America, or she goes back to the UK to like train. But I think most of her training camp is here, and I'm pretty sure she lives here. But I don't think she ever goes back to Europe that often. I don't. I don't think she really does that. I think she does that when she gets ready to fight over there. But after that, it's just basically like, 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 uh, like, um, she doesn't really actively live there, uh, from uh, what I'm told or from from uh, what I hear. Oh, I always assume that she just that she still lived in Ireland, but oh, whatever. Yeah, like I think I think Katie's just more acclimated to to like America rather than Europe. I don't I don't think she really ever goes back over there too often. But yeah, um, on top of that, uh, I was also gonna ask, uh, did, uh, uh, um, did you hear what uh, Keyshawn Davis said uh, the other day? <laughs> Not really. I don't listen to Keyshawn talk about anything. Especially, especially after he said that uh, Shield versus Marshall was a close fight, I'm pretty much not gonna listen to Keyshawn. Oh uh, yeah, because um, I saw like you know like a stupid Twitter post that he made, but I don't you know I don't follow anybody on Twitter and I don't ever go on there that much. But 
he said something really stupid, and I'm trying to find it, but um, oh, he said uh, um, he said right here, um, felt sharp today, 13 rounds in with like my little brother Keon and Ray Savage, no fight date, just motivated. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. And by Ray Savage, he means Raymond Ford, right? Yeah, 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 that's what he said. Yeah, exactly. With all due respect, I mean, Raymond Ford is, is like Shakur Stevenson from Wish.com. Like, you know, he can't punch. People say he almost, people say people say he did lose, I think, his fight before last, and he struggled ever since. So, yeah, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and annotate that like it's really something when you're sparring Raymond Ford. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh Ke- Keyshawn Davis is like really understanding you know his spot yet because I think I think like eventually when the you know when the competition gets harder and things really go you know go in deeper um I think uh Ke- Keyshawn Davis is, is basically gonna be you know taken out by by some unknown fighter that no one's heard of, and you know his like, you know his career will be on the downfall when he understands he's not as good as he really is. I mean, I'm not gonna say all that. We just have to see. He's just talking a lot of shit because Bud fans that no longer have faith in Bud need to gravitate towards someone, so they're gravitating towards him, and that's fine. But we just I gotta I gotta see. I can't. I'm not just gonna certify you based off of. Like it, it's sounding good. Like no, I, I need to see something. Yeah, I agree. But on top of that, like you know where he's at right now, like people people are really like buying into the shit that he's like you know he's beating like world beater level like opponents, and it's like not fighting anybody notable. Like it, like like his next opponent that he's facing is some guy. Oh, um, he's facing Juan Carlos Burgos, you know, uh, the former Mexican opponent that Devin Haney fought, right? And he had, like, a draw. Oh, wait, what? I said, I I like Burgos. He had had a very entertaining fight with, uh, shit. Um, Angel Fierro? Uh, no, that wasn't the fight I was going to mention. Oh, uh, Starlin Casillo, Xavier Martinez... Yeah, that was a very fun fight to watch. I actually enjoyed watching that fight. Yeah, so Burgos was tough. You know, he might he might not knock him out. Burgos was very tough. Yeah, Burgos he actually he actually hits pretty hard. And um, if that fight ends up like the Mesa fight that Kijan had in the past, um, yeah, Burgos could actually you know. You know, potentially drop him or or maybe stop him because he has like a lot of power. Like a lot of people don't really talk about that. I don't think it's gonna be that serious, but I think he has enough power to make it. I don't think he's gonna do anything crazy like, like that. But I do think that it isn't gonna be an interesting fight, and Keyshawn is gonna have to be a little bit more defensively responsible, and then you know we might even get to see some wrinkles. So you know, we'll just we'll just have to see. Yeah, but uh, what if Burgos actually stops? You know, Keyshawn Davis. <laughs> I don't, I don't see that happening, but it would be interesting to talk about. I just, you know, I'd better if it's <laughs> we can't, 
you can't all of a sudden, you know, treat Burgos like he's the ultimate badass because he's not, he hasn't shown us anything particularly spectacular. I mean, he's a good fighter, but when it comes to his actual success, you know, it's... Yeah. Um, for this uh, Pedraza and uh, uh, Tifima Lopez card, um, Xander Zayas is actually fighting that Mexican dude, Alexis Salazar. And uh, Jerry Big Baby Anderson is going up against uh, Jerry Forrest. Uh, that was that black dude that got his ass beat by Big Big Bang Zang, right? He had a questionable fight with, uh, like, he didn't, like, he had a, he had a, what, you said, uh, Anderson is facing Forrest? Yeah, Jerry Forrest, uh, uh, that black guy. Yeah, he had a questionable fight with Mayor Franklin, didn't he? Um, who? Jerry yeah, he, he had a um, fight with Jermaine Franklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a split decision loss to Jermaine Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's, it's a good situation. But what I was gonna say was, <laughs> like Juan Carlos, Juan Carlos Burgos. You know, he's thirty-five and six. So I'm not gonna say he's gonna knock Keyshawn out because he's been in a situation with people that are worse than Keyshawn. He hasn't been able to knock him out. He's taking some losses. So I'm not gonna do all of that. But uh, but yeah, it should be a good fight. But anyways, moving on to like you said, the key from small. I think honestly, should be uh, Jared Anderson should be fighting Big Shot Shaw. Like I said, I think um, that's probably their better fight. But you know. It is what it is. They're, they're moving them how they're moving them. They want him to have someone that he can probably look good against. So, you know, Jerry Forrest is not there. This could be worse. Yeah, because Jerry Forrest, he's actually listed to be like a top 30 plus uh, um, heavyweight, which is weird. But uh, I just don't understand. It's not, it's not stacked right now. The heavyweight division has got like, it's got like five top guys and everyone else sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> the rest of the division is just like absolute ass. <laughs> but, um, like, like everyone in the top five will smoke everybody else. Like, that's how the division is. Top yeah, top, top five. Yeah. But, um, on top of that, it's like all these other heavyweights that I haven't heard of, it's like mostly just European heavyweights that I've probably never even heard of before and actually um a better opponent for jared anderson would be uh that um george arias guy or that uh mahmoudov guy that uh tall russian dude oh yeah I, yeah i like george arias too yeah george arias yo he's a he is so good, dude. Like, or honestly, no. I also want to see Lanier Pero. Pero, Pero, Pero will beat his ass, hands down. Oh yeah, that, yeah. They never make that. Pero, yeah, Pero beat the shit out of here. And um, I also want to see Dakari Scott face him 
but um, I think I think that fight needs like a little bit of building. But on top of that, like like you know, like I'm down to see Jalalov too. I think I think Jalalov would stop him. Jalalov, what? Like people keep talking oh, about. Oh yeah, that like dude. you think Jared would just see that? He's not good. <laughs> He's not good. Him, him, and that other motherfucker. What, what people keep talking about? Mak Makmudav or whatever the fuck. These dudes aren't fucking good. They're just big. <laughs> both, both, you know, you know who, you know who they both remind me of. Uh, they both, they both remind me of Zerto with less speed. <laughs> they're, they're not fucking good. It's, it's like. <laughs> like 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 maybe like maybe Mahmudov or whatever his name is has the opportunity to be good because he's a big ass tank, but Jalalov Jalalov's not good. He's not good. I don't know what the fuck people keep talking about. Like they, they these are the same people that tried to convince me that Hergovich was some kind of boogeyman. This he's not good. These dudes are not good. Uh, Hergovich is like he's in like you know he's in such a bad spot right now. <laughs> Hergovich is, is like, dude, like anybody could come up and take him out. Like, he's not like, dude, I knew Herkovich wasn't shit. I'm trying to figure out what, because Michael Hunter didn't, Michael Hunter didn't want to fight him at the time. Uh, that, that, or, or 40 year old Luis Ortiz didn't want to fight him at the time. It's just, it's, just, it's the same bullshit as when they were saying Triple G was avoided. Who was avoiding him? Oh, Miguel Cotto, who went on to fight Canelo, who whooped Triple G's ass two times. And then old ass uh, Sergio Martinez, who was like fifty and recovering from a knee injury. It's like, bro, you guys try to put the boogeyman label on anybody. It's like, ugh. Yeah, they try to do like the same thing on, like you know, on Cotto to say that Canelo, Canelo beat a prime Cotto, but he, like, like um, um, he never did. Like Cotto was like at the tail end of his career, so if that was like a prime Cotto, like, you know, Canelo wouldn't have fought him. I just, get, I, just get irritated. I just get irritated sometimes because Cotto went on to fight a dude that's better than Triple G. Canelo has proven that he's better than Triple G. So how are you gonna say Cotto was ducking someone when he fought the better guy? Yeah, Cotto, Cotto, Cotto fought every opponent coming off of good victories or just great performances in general. Yeah, not to mention if Triple G had knocked Cotto the fuck out, how much credit was Triple G gonna get? Very little because Cotto, like you said, was at the end of his fucking career. So much like Triple G, he wanted to retire and get the payday. And it's, it's, it's funny because people will say, oh, uh, somebody was avoiding Triple G, but they don't want to talk about Triple G who's been avoiding Jamal Charlo his entire fucking career. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Jamal Charlo would have knocked out Triple G right away. He would have knocked Triple G six. the fuck out the first time they fought. Yeah. And then that's why Triple G never made any mention to him, but he'll be, you know, he'll be like the first one to say, yeah, man, I'll knock Floyd Mayweather out. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, you know, he... You know, he would be easy money for me. And it's like, why are you calling out a guy that's a natural welterweight? It, or just like like Floyd like Floyd was never making any mention to Triple G, but Triple G will be the first one to call out somebody that's smaller than him. But anybody that's bigger than him or just as big as him, you know, he keeps his ass like you know, quiet, you know? Uh Triple G's a pussy. Moment, moment he wasn't down to fight uh, Andre Ward. He told me everything I need to know. I was like, yeah, all right. Oh, Andre Andre Ward versus um um who was that one good good fighter back in back in the day? Uh, I think I think him and Jermaine Jermaine Taylor and Bernard Hopkins and James Tony that would have been lit. 
like a different sort of super six time or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, um, if they were able to basically fight each other, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would have been cool. I mean, shit. If we had fought those, shit, Andre Ward fought those people in his prime, I don't know if we'd be talking about Andre Ward, how we talk about him now. Yeah. Uh, but, like, as far as, like, his skill set goes, do, do you think he's, like, that type of guy to be, like, you know, undisputed over every single fighter? Shit. Um... The, out of the people that you named? Yeah. Nah. James Tony probably beat his ass. And um, <laughs> and uh, Bernard James Hopkins will probably decision him, to be quite honest. If we're talking the prime versions of these people, and James Tony would knock them both the fuck out. Yeah, I even think Gerald McClellan would knock his ass out. The prime version. Uh, Andre Ward? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But it's not like Ward has like a shitty chin. It's just that you know when you bring him to to, you know, let the late game situation. McClellan is strong as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No one fucking about Andre Ward's chin here. McClellan is strong as fuck, and he's fast. He's agile, and I don't think Ward will punch hard enough to keep McClellan off. Yeah. Um. I just think Andre Ward, like, like uh, whenever he talks about his um accolades. Like, people don't really realize, like, you know, you weren't really fighting in, like, heavy-loaded divisions. So, you know, your best wins was, like, against, like, what, Kovalev, and then he beat that uh, Dominican guy, right? Oh, he's got some decent, he's got some solid wins. Like, I would say that, I would say that Brock, uh, Bika, Kessler, Arthur Abraham. Oh, yeah, 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 Kessler. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a certified resume. I think, like I said, his his total career is uh well no, and also Darnell Boone. So his career is Boone. Oh yeah, Darnell. Yeah, his career is Boone, Kessler, Bika, Abraham, Frog, Dawson, Barrera, and then Kovalev twice. And then that's yeah, Chad 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 Dawson was at the best fight. Yeah, he knocked Chad Dawson the fuck out. Yeah, that was a good fight while it lasted. But wasn't Dawson like out of his prime already? Uh, I don't recall that. I don't remember how old Dawson was at the time, but I mean, shit. Uh, Ward himself retired at 32, so at the time he was fighting him, he was in his late 20s, so. Yeah, yeah look, I'm uh, taking a look at that right now. But uh, I could have sworn that was like back in, what, 2000? I forgot what year that was. That's like 2000 something. Yeah, I don't really remember, but. You know, this was a good fight. Yeah, that was back in 2012. But, yeah, uh, that was a good fight either way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I guess, uh, you know, the final thing I was going to bring up was, uh, you know, the whole situation with um, uh, Shakur Stevenson at 135. Uh, um. Who do you think he's gonna fight? I don't know. They'll find some bump for him because he's, he's gonna want to quote unquote clean up. And he's gonna want to clean up. He's gonna want to look good against that clean up. So we'll find some guys. Yeah, Shakur Stevenson. Um, probably, he might fight fucking Burchell. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Because if he goes ahead and fights Burchell, 
and then everyone just tries to justify that to be like a great legendary victory then i'm probably gonna look at shakur very funny because I mean, look at this trend. I mean, he's you know, he can only fight so many amount of people that they have available on top rank, and you know how they're gonna match him. He's his first fight, so they kind of want to ease him in a little bit. So you know, uh, yeah. I mean, look at his fans that are gonna match up here today. Yeah, it's just that uh, you know I want to see him face up the you know with the top level opposition, and it's like. Facing like no names on top rank, that's not gonna help you get closer to like the bigger name fighter like a Tank Davis or at least get get Pitbull or fight like I don't know Frank Martin, Michelle Rivera. But I feel like Shakur is you know starting to look like a duck. That's just you know my yeah. honest like opinion. You know, that's, that's, that's it's far too early for those kind of conversations. Who is he ducking? Who 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 has he ducked? Who is he ducking? Yeah, that's true. Like I guess like give it some time. Yeah, it's you just... gotta you gotta put him you gotta put him in a position where someone's hunting him and he's not fighting anymore. For for this entire time he's been the one hunting people. He's been trying to get Valdez and he finally got him. He was trying to get Navarrete, but Navarrete's a little bitch who didn't want none. So, you know, he's he's been trying to fight all these people. So right now you gotta give it some time for, for some people to, you know, for some people to call him out and then him maneuver differently. No one has been calling out Shakur the same as no one's been calling out Devin Haney. So, you know, you got you to give some time on that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think I think that's a fair, like, assessment because I think, I think what's going to end up happening is, like, Devin, Devin's going to go ahead and fight Lomachenko, in which I don't think Devin needs to fight him. But if that does happen, uh, I think Devin should just – have all the you know advantages over Lomachenko, where he's guaranteed like a victory to just beat his ass and then move up, and then you know the division will be left wide open for I don't know like Shakur, maybe Gervonta like if he wants to be serious about getting titles, and then maybe Pitbull. I think I think Isaac Cruz he's gonna get lined up to fight for like a you know vacant belt for the WBC. And then Shit, after that, WBC belts, I heard I've just seen that Oshaki Foster and Ray Vargas just got mandated to fight over the broken WBC belt. <sighs> that is a good ass fight. Yeah, like I brought that up with you, like I think like weeks ago. But I think Oshaki's going to beat him. But if he does, uh, I don't a... know about all of that. Really? You think he's going to lose to Vargas? Dude, people have been taking Ray Vargas lightly his entire career. That's why he hasn't lost. Ray Vargas is fucking Ray Vargas is a goddamn beast, man. He's Bro, tall. If he, yo, if he beats Foster, like that's like pound for pound, like you know, type of skill wise performance. You know, like he's like, like you know, he's actually like putting in that work. You know what I'm saying? Ray Vargas, Ray Vargas is an underestimated his entire career. People say he's boring and he can't punch, but you know what they, but you know what always happens when they say fighters are boring. Those fighters don't lose. Yeah, because he's putting on that work to be, uh, to be successful. Like people say, Mayweather, Ward, Haney, and Bivol are all super boring. Guess what? People don't. People can't beat them. Yeah, so true. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to do some film study, but. Yeah, that's not sweet. That's not an if easy Foster, fight for Shaq. 
if Foster beats Vargas, that's going to be one of his best wins, but oh, that's going to define. That might be the best one of his fucking career. If he, if he clips Vargas right now, who just made some pretty decent work of Max Io, oh, yeah. That's because honestly, yeah. honestly, like Ray Vargas versus Gary Russell, I don't care what nobody says. That's a close ass fight. And Gary Russell, if and if and if Ray Vargas would have fought Gary Russell with that hurt shoulder, Ray Vargas might have whooped his ass bad. Luckily, <laughs> luckily Maxile can't box because Maxile's not good. He can't box at all. Maxile, he almost got stopped. Yeah, I, I had I had no faith in Maxile to beat Ray Vargas at all. I knew Ray Vargas was gonna walk over his ass. You know, Ray Vargas got knocked down because he keeps his left hand down. But I, I, with more power coming up in weight. Because Ray Vargas Vargas comes from 122, so hopefully Oshaki will have the size advantage and maybe the power advantage, but Ray Vargas is quick. He throws a lot of punches, and he follows that Nacho Bearstein system of heavy pressure. Heavy pressure. Yeah, Oshaki is a southpaw. Educated pressure. Yep. Oshaki is a southpaw, and, you know, I'm I'm trying to see, like, uh, I've watched watched a few of his fights. He's good. Yo, Shaggy's five foot eight and a half. He has a seventy-two inch arm reach. Yeah, he's more boxing than punching. Nineteen wins, eleven knockouts. So they got around the same amount of power. It's just gonna come down to activity. And, and Ray Vargas throws. Ooh, that's a tough fight. Tough yeah, fight. that's a tough ass fight. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna root for Oshaki. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go team 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 Ray Vargas. <laughs> oh no, I, I I haven't made my pick yet. All I, all, I gotta watch tape on them both. Uh, but all I'm gonna say is I understand Ochaki has a lot of fans. I know people say he would have gave Shakur Stevenson some work, but Ray Vargas is not to be taken lightly. And the fact that a lot of people are sleeping on him, that's why he hasn't lost yet. Yeah, that's gonna be that's difficult. Why he, that's why he has not lost because people don't take him seriously. They say he's boring. They say he can't punch, and then they end up getting their ass whooped. Yeah, because if Ochaki, if he gets hurt by Ray Vargas, um. That's probably going to be trouble because every time when Vargas hurts somebody, and uh, I don't know, like if you see it, like I see it, but he presses you like absolutely insane, and the work rate just starts to get a lot higher, and he starts hurting you with like shots that you don't even see coming, and and it looks like he's just you know throwing flurries, but he's actually looping those shots in, and then he curves it in while he lands it on you. And it's like, I think, I think it's just due to that, t- like, like uh, that coaching from uh, from Nacho Bernstein, like you said, because Nacho's such a great trainer where he actually teaches you how to like develop, you know, but the right power shots that are actually good to like actually knock somebody out. And I think, uh, you know, if Vargas, if he capitalizes on hurting Oshaki early game, I think, I think he could probably knock him out. I think so. Well, yeah, well, Vargas has the ability to knock anybody out just with the amount of punches he throws, but Oshaki is not someone who you can easily just hit. He's, you know, he's very slick. You know, he's very he's very good on the inside. You know, he goes to the body very well. He's a good counterpuncher. So it's just it's just a lot of – oh, and Oshaki's not a southpaw. I apologize, Oshaki. I'm sorry. You're not a southpaw. Yeah, he's a um, orthodox. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know why the fuck I thought it was. I think I was getting him and Shakur fucked up. But – um. But yeah, no. I mean, personally, I don't think he would have beat Shakur. I just think he would have gave him some good work. But, uh, but yeah, no. With Ray Vargas, this is not Ray Vargas. Is, Ray Vargas is big. Like he's just really big and he's really quick. So it's just it's very hard to yeah. 
Honestly, but, he could uh, fight at one thirty-five. He's a very he has, big superweight. Because he, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about one forty though, because he has a really bad habit of dropping his left hand, and he probably gets smoked by some damn body. Like Ray Vargas is <laughs> the type of dude that Devin Haney probably knock out. Yeah, Ray Vargas. You know, so there's, yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's limits. There's, there's, there's limits to everything. He's real tall and he's, you know, he's real skinny. But no, yeah, one thirty-five, definitely. He should probably. That'll probably be where he ends his career. Yeah, he's gonna end his career at one thirty-five, but but Can but like one thirty is not the perfect. Uh, what? Because he's already thirty-one, so. Yeah, yeah. I think one thirty is gonna be like the best weight class for him. Because uh, if he does beat Foster, him and him and Hector Garcia can unify, and then he'll go after, you know, I guess uh, the winner between. Zelfa and like you know Rakimov, you know uh, they'll get their business you know settled this weekend. And then I heard Oscar Valdez; he's gonna face Navarrete for the vacant WBO belt. Yeah, because you know whatever Bob orders, so you know he got those assholes in, the <laughs> in which in which in which whoever whoever wins that fight, I doubt they'll even fly because Ray Vargas will whoop Navarrete's ass. Navarrete would get Ray. stopped. Ray Vargas, uh, I don't know if he's stopping because Navarrete got a lot of chin, but he definitely whooped his ass. And uh, honestly, Puello will probably beat Navarrete, to be quite honest. Alberto Puello? Yeah, he'll probably beat him. Yeah, Navarrete, he's not even supposed to be fighting at lower weights. He looks like a 140-pounder. Yeah, he's a big dude, but he's slow. He's slow, not super athletic. He better be hit, doesn't even move his head. So, you know, any boxer with a decent amount of power that can punch by his ass. Yeah, um, I was also going to say about the whole thing with um, Isaac Dogbay. I heard that he's going to be fighting um, uh, Robesi Ramirez next oh, for the cool. WBO uh, vacant title. That's a very tough fight. Or basically, he'll get his shot to face Navarrete if his title is still um, there for him to defend it. Like, you know, let's just say if he beats Valdez. Then I guess he'll vacate that title, and then that title will be up for grabs, you know, you know, for you know, uh, you know, Ramirez and Dog Bay, and uh, oh, I guess I don't want to they... see. I don't want to see those assholes fight again. I don't want to see Dog Bay. It's clear. It's clear he has nothing for now, but he's been beaten badly twice, and one one time he can stop. So I don't want <laughs> to see that again. Yeah, Dog Bay um, in a third fight would just get destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like Isaac Dogbay, he didn't do anything to like get up to that point at all. And then, you know, out of his like last two, three fights, like, you know, they were all controversial. Like Christopher Diaz, you know, that could have easily been like a fight that 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 um, he should have arguably lost. Same thing with Adam Lopez. A lot of people thought he lost that fight or that could have been like a draw. And Joette Gonzalez, I don't know. I think he was justified in beating him, but it wasn't supposed to be like that that close of like a margin. I think I think of anything like I don't know if you can agree. I think respectfully, he probably beat him by like one round or two rounds. Well, I mean, Dog Bay is 
marginal. Like I don't, I'm not sure what people expect out of him. But not only is Dog Bay marginal, but Navarrete himself is marginal. Just like fucking uh, what's his name? Just like Valdez is marginal. Like these are marginal ass dudes. So of course you gotta establish one of them is the best. But that's why all these fights are easily getting made. That's why it's easy to make a fucking Navarrete versus Valdez. But it's not easy to make a, a Stevenson versus Valdez because one is marginal, one is not. So, you know, I mean, it's good that all these dudes are fighting and getting money, but, I mean, shit, I don't care. I'm, I'm mostly excited about the Ray Vargas versus Oshaki because those dudes are actually good, whereas these two fucking marginal boneheads, hope they knock each other out. <laughs> yeah, that's just how I view top-ranked talent. Like, they're just so marginalized, you know, soft-ass fighters saying, like, oh, well, I'm the best fighter in this division, but it's like, when somebody calls you out from a different promotional company, you don't want to smoke with them, but you're more than willing to just keep fighting like low-level opposition guys that we'd never heard of before. And like, like, I just don't understand like how top-ranked fighters don't get like the benefit of the doubt, or or at least get like criticized for like their matchmaking, because they always say top-ranked matchmaking is it, it like you know is great matchmaking, but it's really not. It's like top matchmaking. Top-ranked matchmaking is the best matchmaking because they know exactly, they can pretty much tell who their fighters going to look good against, who their fighters going to look shit against, and who's going to beat them. So that's why, that's why they have the best matchmaking. But like I always say, if you have the best matchmaking, that means you probably don't have the best fighters because the best fighters don't need matchmaking. Like, do you think that Jerron Dennis needs matchmaking? No, he'll just beat the shit out of whoever's there. Yeah, but Boots even said, like, he doesn't care what the style is. He already figures you out when, like, you know, like, like um, when he's going to fight you. So, like. That's that's my point. Like, even though Devin Haney's at time break, Devin Haney doesn't need matchmaking. He'll fight whoever's there and he'll probably beat whoever's there. It's it's these other it's these other dudes like like Keyshawn and Troy Isley. And Sanders Eyes. <laughs> yeah, all the, yeah, all these other fucking random people that need matchmaking because they're not it. They're 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 not that they're not that good. And and that's why Top Rank has the best matchmakers, you know, because they they promote all these dudes and make them you know household names without actually fighting anyone. Like, look at fucking Terrence Crawford. His entire career, he's never given us one fight where we really wanted to see him fight the person he was across from. And then and, and he's over here demanding all this money and talking all this shit. It's like yeah, exactly, bro. It's a top rank experiment. So yeah, that's just how we view Lomachenko. Lomachenko's been a fraud his entire book. Yeah, that's just how like I view you know everything you know with their matchmaking because I don't think any of them could really contend with like all the other best fighters from different platforms, and, and it, it it shouldn't matter because it's like like you know all of them are in the same division, so you know in a theoretical sense. You know, you should be fighting everyone in your division. Like, uh, that's why um, I think you said it like, um, like the other day, like, uh, there's not enough guys, you know, like a Sean Porter that's willing to fight everybody in, like, you know, in the division, you know, regardless of the promotional politics, because Porter, he was like one of the very few people in boxing that actually fights everybody. Versus in today's time frame, it's like, of like, um, we don't, see anybody doing that because number one they ask for too much money number two they could either be afraid of those fighters because they know 
if I lose to this guy, then that means my undefeated record will be tainted. And then, you know, I don't have like a good resume to build. And it's not like, you know, um, you can't build off of these good fights because it's like people will give you, you know, the respect. But it's like, I think the fighters are just so nervous of like going to war with guys that are not going to back down. But they're comfortable fighting other fighters that come off of poor poor performances and then they just build off of it and it's just like uh like uh, that's just such a like you know um that's such a very suckerish way of moving your career because it doesn't make you look any better like there's fighters that will feed off of crappy fights and then once they get up to to the, the high level they get knocked out smooth well like i said not only about who you fight, but it's a matter of when you fight them as well. If you're too close to a title shot, you want to mitigate risk. If you're far away from a title shot, you know, you want to mitigate damage. So, you know, it's all about who and, and, and you know, it's all about who and, and, and how and when and, and all that shit. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But like I said, I'm not going to call anyone a fraud who already hasn't been proven to be a fraud. I just, I, I got to see, I got to see what's what. Yeah, uh, but as far as um, I guess like um, everything that's going on with uh, just like how fighters are coming coming like about you know accepting certain fights that are brought to the table, um, do you, like like um, is it fair to criticize a fighter when they're you know fighting an opponent that shouldn't even be there in the first place? But yet they're trying to go for like a title, so it's like, you know, to to the dumb casuals' perspective, they would, you know, they would expect every fight that they take, they're gonna get up to like the harder portion of those, uh, you know, ranking ladders. But it's like, you know, in in all reality, they're really not doing that. Well, I mean, it's it's up to it's up to first of all, it's up to the fighters. Fighters have to actually want to fight the best, and it's up to promoters to make sure they act on the fighters' wishes. And then it's up to the sanctioning bodies to make sure we actually get quality fights. Like Ray Vargas versus Oshaki Foster is a really, really good competitive fight where the winner, where it's legitimately 50-50. The winner could literally be anybody. And because of some vacant titles, we're getting that. Like, if the WBO had any fucking sense, they would strip Crawford's bitch ass and have uh, fucking, what's the name, and have Duran Ennis and Virgil Ortiz then mandate them a scrap over vacant WBO. But no, you would be bullshitting and deciding what the fuck Crawford gonna do. So now he's over there holding the bell hostage, fighting apple cider vinegar. Like this is this is the bullshit. <laughs> I'm doing, bro. Yeah, so, David, David amnesia. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck about that weak shit. Like nobody fucking cares. So yeah, it's, it's up to yeah, it's up, it's up to all these all these parties to actually want to fight people. But first and foremost, it comes down to the fighter. The fighter has to want the best fights because if the fighter wants the best fights, they can usually get them. Like, like I, I say this about any type of situation. If two people want to do something, they'll find a way to get it done. It's, it's the same as any kind of relationship, whether it be personal, whether it be business, whether it be anything. If two people want to find a way to come to an agreement, the agreement will be found. If the agreement fails, it's because one or both parties really, truly didn't want to make it happen. So it's the same in boxing. Like when people talk about the business, it's like, okay, if the business is such a big deal, you can just tell your promoter you won't be fighting again until they make a fight with a specific person. And if the promoter does everything they can to get that person, that person says no, then that person didn't want to fight. And now we know. Now we got to move on. 
Like, look at, look at, look at fucking Spencer Crawford. It's very clear that Terrence Crawford does not want to fight Errol Spence. He's been telling us for years, and now it's official. He just doesn't want to do it. So now we can all move on. Yeah, so then Aerosmith shouldn't need to be saying at 47 that he should just move on, like you said, and conquer 154. Well, I mean, that's up to him. I mean, he says he wants to renegotiate, so if he still wants to fight Crawford, hey, that's, 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 that's his time to waste. I don't care. But, you know, I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah, I don't I don't think Crawford and Spence is happening. No, yeah, I don't, I don't have any faith in Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford is basically telling... He's telling us that he can't be Spence. So if you don't believe in you, I'm not going to waste my time and energy believing in you. Yeah. <laughs> then on top of that, you're going to hold up the division until you get really super old. And then you're like, oh, all right, then I'm going to you know, retire you know, from the sport when I'm like damn near 40. Yeah. If the WBO had any sense, they would strip him. And also, the, if, the, if any of the sanctioned bodies have any sense, they'll put a time limit on how long you have to challenge for titles. Like, dudes like Virgil Lefties Jr. or Javi Mugia should be removed from the rankings if they're just going to pussyfoot around. Yeah, like, I was just about to say that sanctioned bodies should do that. They, they should have it numerically ordered where, you know, it should be a top-down structure, like, to which I don't like sanctioned bodies at all. And, you know, like, I'd like to see them gone. But... Um, you know, I guess like for a, a potential idea, the number one guy should always face a champion. And if that mandatory challenger is not available to fight the champion, then the next available person that's ranked under you should challenge for the title. And then it's just like a continuous cycle of like, if they beat that champion to become a brand new champion, then the previous mandatory contender that was supposed to fight for the title should just go after the champion. And on top of that, like, you know, there shouldn't be, like, all this, like, you know, long waiting in between to just get back into, you know, like, another title fight. You know, champion champions should, should, should be, like, super active throughout the entirety of, like, a year. You can't tell me, like, a champion needs to, like, make their title defense, like, you know, once a year. Um, it should be at least, like, you know, every four to six months or I'd say at least six months. I don't know, like, if that's, like, a good idea or not. That's a lot uh, to ask of a champion because the champion should have some privilege. And also, it's a lot because if a champion takes a lot of damage in the fight that they win, then you have to account for injury. So, I wouldn't say that much, but probably, I don't know, two defenses a year would be nice. But then again, again, it's, it's a champion. Champions got to actually want to fight some people. And sometimes, as we've seen, when mandatories get hard, champions don't want to fight. So, like, it's best to make a mandatory defense, like, once a year instead of trying to mandate it, like, multiple times? It's, well, it's depending on a lot of fighters. Like I said, if a champion gets no fight and takes a lot of damage, then they might need a year to, like, like let's say Uga could actually beat Spence, but that high was still fucked up. He's probably going to need a year off. Like, you, like he's, he's 35. Like, you can't, like, it's, it's hard to recover from that kind of shit. So probably, yeah, versus... Like Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez, if he like if he won a tough fight, but he got hurt really really bad, then he needs to be out for the whole year to like rest up, and then come back into that next fight, right? Yeah, dudes, dudes like Terrence Crawford who hardly take any damage. Shit, yeah, they should, they should be fine multiple times a year. But 
there's only once the, there's only one mandatory title defense that you need to do for years. So if fighters are inactive, that's because fighters just don't either. No one wants to fight them, or the fighters don't want to fight anybody else. Yeah, but for your idea, where you know, like a fighter should be stripped if they choose not to be like consistent with like being like a champion, then you know that should be something that should be like applied on all, you know, uh, like like you know on all procedures. I was just think that the I just think that the belt should be stripped, and then the number one the number one ranked person should be moved down some for not seeking the opportunity and taking a title shot because every time they don't take a title shot, they're holding up the rankings. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely that uh, that should definitely be um, um, implemented because um, you should receive like a penalty for that. Yeah, because you're like putting all that money in, you know, for the sanction body, but you're not willing to fight for you know about the belt, and and you're just waiting until that like, the belt gets um you know open up to be vacated by the champion that you don't want to fight, then, you know, that's like duckery, you know, at its finest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I, um, um, I found it surprising that Jaime, that Jaime Munguia, you know, he's fighting like an absolute nobody. <laughs> Why is that surprising? That's what you think Oh, what, for Jaime? Yeah, that's what he always does. He's a fucking guy. Yeah, he's fighting like a 21-5 and five fighter from from um, Argentina. Can't uh, can't punch yeah, I either. I don't know how he's been able to keep his number one ranking for so long. Yeah, I don't understand how he's been able to keep his number one ranking for so long without fighting anybody. That's just aggravating. Yeah, he's never held like a world title since that, um, you know, Saddam Ali victory. Yeah, that's just sad. Yeah, people like that need to be out of it. I don't understand how Jaime he vacated his super welterweight belt after the Patrick Alode victory, and then he moves up to the middleweight, but he never wanted to. At least elevate his title to mandate. Oh yeah, because like I, I already know about the story. He, you know, he ducked Android, you know, to have uh, the opportunity to fight him, and he decided to just go ahead and just have all these bullshit title, you know, like eliminators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he a wanted to fight Triple G. I feel like. Should... Yeah, Triple G probably said hell no, and then uh, he didn't want to fight Carlo. Canelo left the division, so you know it is what it is. Middleweight. Yeah, middleweight's boring, man. But yeah, uh, I think that's about it. Um, you know, like we chopped it up for like a good two hours. But uh, I think I think that's it for for our, our little conversation. Understood. Thank you very much for having me on. Yep, I will talk with you soon, and uh, you know we'll chop it up on the next you know, live stream. For sure.
you, you have a good one. Yep, send you. All right, y'all. Thank you for, uh, you know, coming through. For anybody that uh, came through, uh, shout out to Dehive. And, uh, yeah, man, I had a good time. Um, definitely could have talked way, way longer, but I think, think that was a good uh, conversation to have. Appreciate you guys for coming through. Whoever is watching, you know, this um, off of what the replay. Don't know if Tim was, like, coming on through. Now about the panel earlier, I, like I wasn't too sure if uh, that was him, but yeah, shout out, shout out to uh, Tim, aka you know Mr. Skywalker, and uh, yeah, man, um, I'll just uh, keep continuing to keep giving you guys this uh, fire content, and uh, yeah, I will see you guys later. Thank you guys very very much, and uh, peace.